let me start by reading Colossians 3, 12 through 14. Okay? If you have your Bibles, Colossians is after Matthew, but before Revelation. Okay? That's some Bible humor right there. Um, okay. It says this. Therefore, writing to the church, as God's chosen people, holy and what? Dearly loved. Clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord, has, as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Were you able to pick out what the one another is for this week? Forgive one another. Forgive one another. Um, very important. But before we get into the forgiving aspect, um, I want you to just look at the first part of this, like what it says about believers, okay? So the first three things it says about believers are, number one, we are God's chosen people. Okay? We are God's chosen people. We are holy, and we are dearly loved. And he's kind of, Paul is saying like, hey, I, I want you to know that you guys are God's chosen people. You are holy, and you are dearly loved people. It's a warm reminder of who we are. We are chosen, all right? We are chosen specifically. And that's very important to realize. We're not, um, we didn't come to faith on accident. God chose us before the earth was made. And that's how God could think of us. Jesus thought of us when we were on the cross. Um, it's important. And now you think about holy. You're like, you're holy. And people think like, hey, everybody in the church is holy, right? <laughs> I don't feel holy. Uh, if you guys looked at everything I did throughout the week, whoa, all right, stop, Satan. Stop texting me, Satan. Um, uh, <laughs> it was my ring camera at home. Somebody's at my front door. Honey, go home. Somebody's at her front door. Um, sorry, I'm distracted. Ring cameras are really cool, by the way, if you don't have one. Um, sorry, where was I? Oh, I don't feel holy. You don't feel holy. And people, like, when you invite somebody to church or you invite somebody to missional community, they say, you know what? If I walked in that church, I'm pretty certain that the steeple would fall on me and crush me because I am so not like the rest of those people. You guys are holy, and I'm not, um, which isn't true. Um, they may think, like, you know, we think we're holy. I don't think I am holy based on my actions, all right? If you see my actions, you know that I'm not holy, um, and we're not holy each other. But we have something in Christ um, called imputed holiness, like it's imputed upon us, or... Um, We've been positionally sanctified. It's like this, you know, a good way, I think I heard Matt Chandler say this, who's one of my favorite preachers, but Matt Chandler said this. He said, I'm not very fast, and I can't fly. But you put me in a plane and watch me go. <laughs> right? Watch me go. And for me, it's the same way with holiness. I am not very good. I sin often but you put me in Christ, and I am holy and perfect. That when God sees me, 
He doesn't see all of this, and I intentionally like left this Good Friday stuff up here because, you know, it's a reminder that all of these sins are covered by the blood of Jesus, and that because of Christ, we are holy. That when we get to heaven, there won't be this, like, golden scale that weighs all your sins with all your good deeds, and you better hope it, <laughs> you know, the good deeds outweigh the bad. But that doesn't happen. We are a wretch. We are a mess. But because of the grace of God, we can be called holy. Amen? That's what, that's what it is. And now it's, Paul addresses this too. Like it's not saying we shouldn't just keep on sinning. You know, we should aspire to live holy too every day. Like if we're sinning, we should stop and not sin um, and, and live for God in every way. So, but he calls us holy and he calls us dearly loved. Um, turn to your neighbor and say, I am dearly loved. All right, that's just to get you guys talking, all right? That's just to get you guys talking, the blood flowing up in here. And parents, if this is your tag, go get your kids because they need your dearly loving kindness. Um, yeah, distraction. Maybe they pee their pants, and then you get to change your pants to the kids. I know. My wife's not here, so maybe it is my kid. Um, so... Uh, so let me, let me go on, and, and we're going to read Colossians 3.13. Again, I'll be on the screen. Um, reiterate that. It says, bear with each other and forgive. Oh, no, ne next one. Colossians. Yeah, yeah. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. And this is incredibly important. Um, the big picture is, that we need to forgive one another. We can't hold any grievances against someone. And so this is going to create, make you guys, some of you just hate this sermon. And you're like, I wish I wouldn't have came today. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I wish I wasn't here today. Uh, I, and you're not the only one. There are so many folks here that are struggling with anger towards someone. They're struggling with anger. They're struggling with hurt. They're struggling with something especially after 2020 and this divisive election and the divisive state our community was in and our church was in and our families were in. Some of you are still quarreling with your stepmother or your brother or your, you know, your mother-in-law, and you guys just haven't figured it out since COVID, right? What? Some of you just yell something funny. Um, some of y'all haven't figured it out since COVID. And some of you guys still aren't talking. Your brother is still living in, you know, another state because he lives in another state, and he still doesn't come into Thanksgiving because Grandma had a Trump sticker on her, you know, car, and she's just, you know, they're just fighting still. Um, and there's also people that haven't come back to church because of grievances against other people, Right? Like, there's people who are upset by people from J-Road, and so they have them back to church. We call them, and they're just, you know, a handful, a good amount of people just haven't. They're so struggling with unforgiveness that they're not going to any church. And like I said to somebody this week, I said, hey, I don't care. If you don't feel like coming to J-Road anymore, that is fine, but you need to be in a church, right? I'll give you five options of churches to go to. I think J-Road's the best. But if you have to go somewhere else, I will give you options. And I want you to be a part of a church. It doesn't have to be here. 
you know, it doesn't have to be here, but you got to go somewhere. Um, sorry, that was a tangent. Uh, confession and, and forgiveness go hand in hand. We need both in the church for there to be reconciliation. So confessing our sins to one another and forgiving one another. Both of these have to go hand in hand. And so uh, let me start by looking at what it means to ask somebody for forgiveness, all right? And the first one is this. If you're taking notes, this is very important. And for married folks, this is very, very important because this comes up a lot in your marriages. But it comes a lot in the church too. Number one, asking for forgiveness is not the same as saying I'm sorry. Okay? Um, Saying I'm sorry is not the same as asking for forgiveness. It's different. You're like, how is it different? I'll explain. And uh, the the root word for sorry, it comes from sorrow. Like, I'm sorrowful. I'm sorrowful. Okay? So when you go up to somebody, if you say I'm sorry, you're basically saying, if if I did something bad to Jalyn, and I, she's angry at me, and I'm going to her and saying, hey, Jalyn, I feel really bad. Okay? Bye. (laughs) Like, that's nothing. That's just me making it all about myself, right? Hey, I feel bad. You know, like that's nothing. That's just stating a fact. I feel bad. Um, and it's like saying sorry isn't exactly what we should be doing. Um, so when you go to somebody and say, I'm sorry, you're, you're, you're the main subject of the sentence. It's me. I'm making it all about me. You're making it all about you. You're saying, I feel bad about what I did. Okay? I just want to let you know I feel bad about what I did. There's no acknowledgement of how I wronged you. And in marriages, in the church, with our children, we must acknowledge what we did wrong. Right? With God too, right? And so if I've offended you, I can't say, hey, I feel really bad you're offended. You know, I, I have to say, listen, I did this and I wronged you in this way. Will you forgive me? And so we acknowledge what we did wrong. And, and it's the same in marriages. Share what you did wrong. I'm sorry for doing this. I'm sorry for hanging up on you. That was not cool. Forgive me. And then when they say, okay, I forgive you, that is reconciliation. Okay? And that's like this give and take. It's super important. But we, we should get in the practice of saying, will you forgive me? That does not have to be extreme. That does not have to be dramatic. But saying, will you forgive me, you are asking them to release you of any wrongdoing. And they're saying, you know what? I release that. I forgive you. And then they should say, yeah, I forgive you. And that's good. Um, Or you go to somebody and say, hey, will you forgive me for this thing I did? And explain what you did and be specific. That will create so much healing in your marriages. That will create so much healing in the church that you are specific. You know, we, like how many times do we do that with our spouses and we are just totally not specific at all? Yeah, I'm sorry about yesterday. Oh, it's no big deal. Guess what, dudes? She's still mad. <laughs> Guys go to their husbands. Hey, I'm sorry about yesterday. Oh, no big deal. You walk away. Well, what are you sorry for? Verbalize it. Say it. Speak it. I'm sorry for putting you down in front of our family. That was not right. Oh, we just, we just brought up a sin that we did. And now they can forgive it, and now there's reconciliation. But saying, hey, just generally forgive me for everything I've done the last few years is not 
is not going to bring reconciliation. Um, ladies and guys, they want to hear you say it. Okay? Um, number two, forgiveness is both a decision and a process. It's a decision and a process. One is going to, the process is going to take longer, but the decision is instantaneous. So some of you who have big hurts in your life, big hurts in your life, it's a decision one time, it could be done in a minute, and it's a decision. And if you make that decision to forgive, I believe that you are at peace with God, you fulfilled, you know, God's requirement to forgive. But people do that, and they say, oh, I'm just still so angry. And then they feel guilty because they feel angry. Well, it's a decision, and it's a process, right? The process is going to take a little bit of time. It's going to take a little bit of time. So the decision is, you are deciding to release someone from a debt. That's really what forgiveness means. Forgiveness is releasing somebody of a debt. That's why in the Lord's Prayer, it says, forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. And so it's the same way, like if your mortgage company called you and said, hey, you owe about $50,000. We're just going to let that go. <laughs> and uh, you're good. Like, whoa. How many of you want that call? Um, it's the same way our sin carries a debt before God. And what is the penalty of sin? It's death. It is death. Eternal death. And so, all these sins on the cross, every one of these I've done probably this morning, um, maybe over the last couple days, but all of our sin carries a debt, right? And God said, I love you. I'm going to send my one and only son to pay that debt, and so I'm going to cancel your sin debt. And you're like, and again, I thought this too, that everybody in the world has this blanket forgiveness. No, we need to come to Jesus. It's only by the name of Jesus that we must be saved. Amen? There's no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. So when you come to Jesus and say, thank you for dying on the cross and forgive me, please forgive me my sins, your sin is canceled. Your, the penalty of your sin is canceled. And um, when you forgive somebody, you cancel their debt. So we all, like, God is, is a God of justice. And justice means that everybody needs to pay the penalty of their crime. That's justice. You do a crime, you pay a penalty. Um, and so there is a, uh, you know, remember we said confession and forgiveness are tightly together. Jesus said if you confess and ask forgiveness, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin, 1 John 1, 9. So we ask forgiveness, and then he forgives us. So justice has still been done in Jesus. Okay? Um, God's forgiveness and the release from the punishment should cause us to extend the same grace to people who sin against us. Right? God's forgiven me of a lifetime of sin. I'm 37 years old, and I have 37 years of sin. I don't know, maybe I didn't start sinning until I was like 3, so 35, I don't know. 34. My math isn't good. I don't do public math. Um, but God has forgiven me of a lifetime of sin. And we say that like every sin I've committed when I was 13, 14, 15, he's forgiven a lifetime of sin, and I can't forgive somebody of one sin? That's not cool in God's eyes. Okay? God's forgiven us of a lifetime of sin and iniquity. And so he's asking you 
to forgive somebody. Maybe it was a season of sin, and somebody sinned against you for a long time. He's saying, if I can forgive you of a lifetime of sin, surely you can forgive somebody of a, a, a pile of sins. You had a mountain, they have a pile. There's a parable that describes this that I don't have time to, to read today, but it's the dude who owed a million dollars. Remember that one? And the judge forgave him, and he found somebody who owed him a dollar, and he had him thrown in prison. And God said, that's you if you don't forgive other people. Because what I forgave of you is huge. So there's nothing that we should hold back forgiveness of anybody. Like, there's nothing. If you are holding on to unforgiveness and saying, I'm not going to do it as a decision, that's not good. And so it's a decision and a process. The process part is we're, we're human. We have hurt. We have anger. And we have memories, right? Like we said this before, forgive and forget isn't really a thing. You're like, I tried to forgive and forget, but I still remember and I'm angry, right? Um, but that's not a thing. We're human. So we have a hurt, we have anger, but here's where the process begins. When we feel hurt or angry, we need to go back to the decision to forgive and say, okay, I made a conscious decision to forgive. I'm going to go back to that and rest in that. And you still might be dealing with emotions, and that's okay. It doesn't mean that you haven't forgiven them. It just means that you are struggling with emotions to, to ultimately feel better. And that might not happen anytime soon. So if you are here today and you've forgiven somebody, but the emotions are still there, that is okay. Keep going back to your decision to forgive them and keep bringing it to Jesus. Talk to God about it. Tell him that you're struggling with anger and, and keep talking to him about it. That's why we have this relationship with God that we can pray whenever we want. And number three, um, and maybe we have an incorrect view of forgiveness. Um, I'm going to read this list real quick, but forgiveness is not, okay? What it, forgiveness is not, all right? It's not an endorsement of sinful behavior, all right? When you forgive somebody, it's not saying, um, I endorse all your behavior. It's okay. It's fine. That's not what forgiveness is. Um, the second thing is forgiveness is not forgetting the past, right? It's not forgetting the past because we can't. I think I have a list up there. Guys, do I have a list up there? Uh, I think the next slide. Okay. Oh, no. Is there one before that? Okay, cool. Sweet. We're all visual learners. Um, forgiveness is not trusting again right away. It's okay if you say, man, with this person, I just need to take a little bit before I fully trust him again. But I fully forgive you. And that's okay. Um, Forgiveness is not enabling sin, it's not denying truth, and it's not moving on with silent disdain, saying, I hate that person, but I forgive them. You know, it's like, you got to forgive them and release them of that debt, right? And so, I don't want you to think this is what forgiveness is. Um, having any of these in the process of forgiveness um, will cause bitterness, all right? And if you fail to forgive or... Um, you try to move on with silent disdain or you don't fully release them and you keep this unforgiveness, it will cause bitterness in your life. And the Bible talks about a root of bitterness. And guys, a root of bitterness will grow in your heart and take you over and eventually take you down. So we must deal with bitterness when it's like super tiny. Like what are those tiny plants called that you buy like that big? You hang them in like a window or something. What are they called? Succulents? That's such a weird name for a plant. Succulents. 
Um, like, we have to kill the bitterness in our hearts when it's as big as a succulent. Or I'll just say tiny plant because succulent is weird. Um, if you don't, the tiny plant is going to turn into an oak tree in your heart. And it's going to be much harder to deal with. Guys, bitterness is no joke. And we have to deal with it for our own sake. Or else we're going to walk around miserable. We're going to walk around angry, hating everybody, and eventually hating ourselves. And people get so bitter, they just stop coming to church. They stop coming to family parties. They stop coming to Christmas. They stop doing everything. And bitterness has destroyed them. I heard it said by a wise man that bitterness is drinking poison and expecting somebody else to die. Right? Oh, I'm going to drink this poison and I hope you die. You know, like that's what bitterness is. And you're the one who gets affected. And it's killing you. It's killing your relationships. So forgiveness um, and reconciling are different. Do you get that? Like there's forgiving somebody and then there's reconciliation. Both need to happen in the church. Like if you need to have a reconciliation moment in your missional community or in church, that's okay. Um, reconciliation is super important. Matthew 18, if you're taking notes, is a great place to go um, to learn about reconciliation. Um, and we need to go there. But I want to talk about, real quick, um, when you say, I forgive you, you are saying, I promise not to do this. Okay? And again, I go back to married couples because this is for the church, but it's also like married couples, you are the church too. And a lot of bitterness is in marriages as well. All right? I know you all got perfect marriages, but they're, just imagine if somebody didn't have a perfect marriage like yours. Just kidding. Um, so yeah, put up that next slide if you got it there. Um, and it says this, uh, and I want married couples to take note of this and everybody. By forgiving you, I promise not to, number one, I promise not to use this against you in the future. Now here's the thing. If your spouse asks you for forgiveness and you say, I forgive you, be very careful because when you say, I forgive you, you are promising not to use this against them in the future. You release them of that debt and it is over with, right? It's the same way in the church. If somebody asks you for forgiveness, you better be ready to forgive or don't say it. If you can't say that I'll, I won't ever bring this up in the future, then you shouldn't forgive them. So when you forgive somebody, you're releasing the ability to ever bring it up as ammo again. I know how you guys like to keep ammo in your pocket for later, all right? Like when, when somebody sins against you, you're like, hey, I got this right here. I'm going to bring it up later at the right time. Can't do that. In your marriage, you're saying, you know, you can't be like, boom, remember three years ago when you clogged the toilet and it flooded everywhere? That was bad in your marriage. Um, or, hey, remember when we were fighting and you walked out of the house and you promised never to do that? It's like, whoa, whoa, I asked for forgiveness about that and you forgave me. So why are you bringing it up again? Can't do that. Um, don't be like a plunger and bring up old crap. All right, good. I need you guys to laugh. Okay. By forgiving, by forgiving you, so I'm talking to you, or you're talking to somebody else, by forgiving you, I promise not to 
tell others about your sin. If you forgive somebody, you can no longer talk to other people about the sin that was done to you. And matter of fact, if somebody sins against you, you shouldn't tell other people because the Bible says that that's gossip or slander. Now, I'll admit, if somebody sins against me, I'll talk to my wife about it, and we'll talk about it and brainstorm, but I feel like she gives me good advice, and she's pointing me in the biblical direction, and I'm not doing it to trash somebody, but I'm not talking about it at my MC. I'm not doing this, um, but I, I promise not to tell other people about it. I promise not to dwell on your sin, rehearse the offense over and over in my head. This one can be hard, but it's more of just if it keeps coming up in your head, you've got to bring that to Jesus. And last but not least, I don't know why there's a gap here, but I think that was my computer. Uh, I promise not to let it hinder our relationship. This will only be possible if reconciliation is possible. Now, in order to have reconciliation in the church, in our family here, there needs to be two people willing to reconcile, right? You can't reconcile if two people aren't willing to reconcile. So your posture needs to be, hey, Mary, I, I sinned against you. Can, can I, we talk about it? And can you forgive me? And she said, I'm never going to talk to you again. Well, there can't really be reconciliation there, but you are trying. And the welcome mat is out, and it's open. If you tell somebody, hey, you really sinned against me, or and that really hurt my feelings when you did this, and they say, oh, geez, get over it. Well, they're not willing to reconcile. Reconcile is always, if somebody tells you that you sinned against them, you need to take that serious and say, oh my gosh, tell me about it. What did I do? Oh, that hurt you? And I can't assume what hurt you or didn't. I probably did this a lot in my marriage in the early days. <laughs> is like assumed, like Nicole said, that hurt me. And I'm like, that hurt you? Oh, I didn't mean that. That shouldn't have hurt you. No. If somebody says something hurt them, we must take them at their word. If, even if you don't understand it. And you got, your only response should be, oh my gosh, I hurt you? I'm so sorry. What did I do? Oh, I walked right by you in the hallway, and I didn't say hi. I'm so sorry. I did not mean that. That's very small. But you know, bigger things too. I didn't call and invite you to my party. I'm so sorry. I thought you were in Florida. I honestly, honest mistake. Um, whatever it is. And then there's that reconciliation. And when reconciliation happens, you shake hands, you hug, you don't bring it up again, you don't tell others, you don't dwell on it, you don't let it hinder your relationship. It's over, amen? Because that's what Jesus does with us. He says, forgive others as I have forgiven you. So, and that's kind of the, the gist of it. Um, so I'm going to take a moment. We got like a minute. I'm going to give you guys a minute. Um, and what I want you to do real quick is just search your hearts for any unforgiveness that might be in your heart towards each other, towards your family, towards anybody. If you have an ounce of unforgiveness, ask God to bring that up. So everybody bow your heads with me, please, and just take a minute and pray. And just, just take time and ask God if you're harboring any unforgiveness.
with your eyes closed. Is there anybody that you think of their name and it just brings anger to you? That's, that's a red flag. Is there anybody who's hurt you and you need to release them of that sin in your heart? It just, if you're having a hard time, just say, God, help me. I want to forgive this person. I do forgive this person, but help me. Again, it's a decision and a process. Some of you might have a list of names. Heavenly Father, we just pray that you search all of our hearts for any unforgiveness we might be harboring. Maybe there's a safe in the back of our hearts that's locked, that we just are refusing to open because in it is a bunch of hurt. God, help us open that safe now and just pull out that hurt. Help us remember, God, that you've been hurt so many times and you still call us dearly loved. Help us clear out the vault, clear out the safe, and lay it at the cross as a one-time decision. And help us give it to you. And forgive that, those people or that person in our hearts. And if there's reconciliation, I pray, God, that we have that talk. And we are just, <laughs> we are just released from that bitterness, God. So we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I have another minute, so don't go anywhere. So some of you guys opened the vault of your hearts, and you found that there might be somebody there that you need to forgive. You can do that in your heart. You need to ask yourselves, do I need to approach that person? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Maybe they're not even alive anymore, and you just need to release them of their, maybe you just need to move on in your heart. Um, some people will forgive and will not see them anymore, and that's okay. We could do that in our hearts and give it over to Jesus. Um, there's somebody that's just, we're never going to be friends again. So I'm not saying you need to forgive them and go to Starbucks every day. Um, I'm just saying you need to, like, forgive them in your heart and truly move on in your heart. 